Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. Hi, everyone. Today I'm going to be joined by Shell, um, and she's going to be telling a bit more about her story. So, hi, Shell. Welcome to Relationship Radio. Good morning. Thank you for having me. This is Relationship Radio, an extension of Marriage Helper International, hosted by renowned marriage and relationship expert Dr. Joe Beam and CEO of Marriage Helper, Kimberly Beam Holmes. We answer your questions directly with research based principles that you can implement immediately. Regardless of the situation, what we teach will not only make your relationships better, but will also help you to become the best version of yourself along the way. Turn up the volume and prepare to take notes as we begin this week's episode of Relationship Radio. Start at the beginning. Tell us a bit more about your relationship with your husband, how you first met. Well, uh, we met almost 23 years ago now. Um, He had been a friend of my family through relation with my sister. And um, we, in fact, we share a niece. His brother and my sister have a child together. But um, we didn't meet until about five years into that relationship. So he had always known I, he, there was a sister on the other side of the state and I knew nothing of him, but, um, but we met and um, what really first attracted me to him was just his, um, his considerate nature and his thoughtfulness and his sweetness. And um and we really, we really hit it off, and it really was kind of full force right from the beginning. It was kind of love at first sight. Hmm. And what did what did he find attractive about you? What was it that he said that he? Um, I think uh, I'm quite a bit older than him. I have seven years uh, older than him, and I think he, when he first saw me, you know, he was attracted physically, but he also just saw someone who looked like she had everything pulled together and had my life kind of going well. And, um, and, and I think we just, we just really had a lot in common. We, we would sit and listen to music for hours together. We would talk for hours. Um, we really just fell in love quickly. Mm. So you, um, you were, had the feelings of being in love. How was the relationship from, from the beginning? Well, in the beginning, I was, as I said, I was older than him and I wasn't really ready for a commitment. Um, and I felt like he, he probably was too young and didn't quite know what he wanted out of life either. But, um, so it was a little rocky in the beginning. I pushed him away quite a bit and, and, hurt him, um, pushed him out of my life several times. But the final time that I did that 
we had split up for about six months and I just couldn't stop thinking about him. And I just realized at one point that this was the man that I wanted to be with. And I, um, I kind of worked really hard to make that happen. I drove across the state in the middle of the night to tell him and I told him. And um, from that moment on, I committed to him and, um, and we've never been apart since. And then you got married at some point in the journey. Yep. A few years later, he asked me to marry him. I said, of course. And um, we we got married on a beautiful day in July. And um, all of our friends and family were there. That was almost 17 years ago. It'll be 17 years in July. Wow. So quite a long history with him then. Um, now, at some point, obviously, but you found marriage helper. At some point, you um, came through some crisis in your marriage. So what, what was the cause of that or what was the, the, the trigger of that? Well, we really, we really did have kind of a tumultuous marriage. We, we had a lot of ups and downs. Both of us had um, had parents that had drug abuse histories. And um, so we approached those situations from very different ways. I internalized everything and he externalized everything. So he would get angry and I would get scared and shut down. And um, we never seemed to make it past some of those things. Um, I would... I would do things like try to fix situations that I thought might upset him. Um, I would tell little white lies about things so that he wouldn't get upset about them. Um, and we, what really kept us together through all of those things was that we always sought help. We always went and, and found therapy or a counselor and, and talked through it. But the interesting thing is we'd always go and I'd always think that they'd say he was wrong. And it always ended up somehow that I had I had not handled the situation well. And I didn't realize really until Marriage Helper my part in that. I do. I also want to mention we spent 12 years trying to conceive and have biological children. And after finally being told it just was not going to happen, we made, um, we spent about a year grieving and both of us were just really in desperate times for about a year. And we watched a video about children who age out of foster care, who don't have families to come home to. And that really broke our hearts for those children because that's what we wanted was a family to come home to us for the holidays when we were older. And so we made the decision to adopt and we adopted three children from foster care. And I really just felt like God was, God had built our family. He, he put us through or allowed us to go through the things that we'd been through in our lives, the tough things, the tough things in our marriage, all so that we could help these kids. And at some point, um, I realized I had everything I had been hoping for and wanting my whole life, but I still just didn't have joy. And I got really depressed and 
and then COVID hit and I got even more depressed. And I think through the process of that, I wasn't looking at how my husband was feeling. And so that whole time he was feeling depressed and distant from me and was pulling further and further away from me at the same time. And about um, a year ago, we had a conversation and he said, you know, do you even still love me? And I said, yes, but he didn't feel it. And, um, and all of the little things that I did to try to keep him even keel that actually were my problems were things that were hurting him badly. And I didn't realize how badly they were hurting him. And so in July, one of the other things that I kind of did to out of my craziness was I I've had people tell me I'm, I'm a human doing, I'm not a human being. And I would just do, do, do. And I started a business and that business was something that I would do on, on evenings or weekends. And so that whole summer, last summer, I was away from home almost every single day and a night of, of that summer. And so my family just got scraps of who I was and I got an opportunity to do an event for a company that could get me more jobs, but it was on our anniversary. And I asked him if he would be upset if I made plans on our anniversary. And just by asking, I kind of broke the last straw and he told me he was leaving. And how did that, how did that feel? When he told me that he was leaving, I thought it's okay. We love each other enough that the time apart will just help us kind of heal some of these wounds and we'll bond back together and we'll get back together. And about a month later, I found out that he'd been having an affair. So he had moved out. He was having an affair with a woman who lived across the street from us, who I thought was my friend. My heart was broken. And I just didn't know what to do with myself. And I found Marriage Helper. And I think a lot of people listening um, to this radio show have probably, as, as awful as it is, been in the same shoes as you. So can feel the pain that you're that you're talking about now <sighs> I'm so sorry that you had to go through this it's so hard so you found marriage helper what were you looking for when you found marriage helper well I still believed that what we had the 22 years we'd spent together the family we'd built you could still feel the love between us. I still knew he loved me. I know that I had made mistakes and marriage helper really helped me realize all of the things that I had done that hurt him. 
that put him in a place where he felt like he could have an affair. At one point we were driving across the state to his parents' house for dinner and it was just the two of us. And I broke smart contact (laughs) and I told him, you know, it's my worst fear that you're going to end up getting her pregnant and having this new family and leaving us in the dust. And he was furious with me. He said, that's ridiculous. We tried for 12 years to have a family. I would never leave my children. It's completely ridiculous. You're crazy. And about two months later, actually the day after we attended the workshop, he found out she was pregnant. Hmm. I'm sorry, Shao. This is so hard. And what was what was your response to that when he told you? Well, we had just attended the workshop, and I was really still hopeful. I still believed deep down that we could make this work. I'd been following all of the the tenets of Marriage Helper, and they'd been working. We'd been building a friendship. We'd been going and doing some things that we enjoyed together. He'd been coming over for family dinners almost every other night. We'd spent a lot of time together. We were happy. We we joked. We laughed. We had fun together. I thought, this can work. This can work. And everything just kind of smashed, smashed in my head when he told me she was pregnant. He didn't actually tell me. The day after the workshop, he was really sullen. He was quiet. I expected this was probably just the regular pullback that you you can expect after the workshop. He came over the next day and he was just in tears. And he said, I don't think we're going to be able to be friends anymore. And it's not going to be my choice. I've made selfish decisions and I'm paying consequences for those decisions. And he left. So I called him the next day and asked if I could come over and talk. And I said, what's going on? Something's going on. I know it is. And he wouldn't tell me. I said, can I ask? He's like, yeah. I said, are you keeping a secret? He said, yes. Are you keeping a secret for her? He said, yes. I said, is she pregnant? He said, yes. I responded calmly with love. He was he was miserable. He was crying, he was upset. But I said we can turn this into a blessing. This does not have to end our world. He had been at that point before the workshop, he told me he was like 90 that he was going to come home to co-parent our children and to be around me so that he could see the changes that I was making through the work I've been doing on myself and that maybe we could fix our marriage. He had been 90% that that was going to happen. And two days later, he's having a baby with another woman. But I still believed that we could make that work. He told me he was grateful for my response. We hung out for a little bit longer and I went home. 
And the next day was terrible pullback. And then he started villainizing me again. He had been planning on breaking it off with her completely when he moved home so that he could see my changes and work on our marriage. He felt like it wouldn't be fair to anybody if he didn't do that. Obviously, that couldn't happen now. But I was thinking, okay, well, I can be involved in all the communications between you guys and we could still make this work. So anyway, <laughs> so he started villainizing me again. And then a couple weeks later, he's telling me that things are really rocky with them and and our, we're getting closer again. So I, I'm thinking, you know, we must be vacillating here where he, he must be, when he spends time with her, he's close to her. When he spends time with me, he feels closer to me. And he's miserable in the meantime because he feels like he has to make this choice. And he has committed to our family and wants to be a dad to our children. But now he's got this other child coming and he's not the kind of man that's not going to be a part of another child's life. About a week after this revelation that confirmed essentially to me my worst nightmare, I was hurting, but I was trying to follow, you know, marriage helper and and not share my hurt and just listen and be a safe place. And I had really done a good job. I mean, he's, he shared this huge thing with me. He came over on Valentine's Day, and I knew that he was going to find a babysitter for our children so that he could take her out for Valentine's Day. And it just tore me up and broke my heart, and I lost it. And I blew smart contact, and I confronted him, and I followed him around the house. And he called our children upstairs thinking that if the girls were upstairs, he wouldn't. I would let him leave is what he wanted because I was kind of being a loose cannon. And basically one way or another, I blew it. And I told our children that he had gotten her pregnant. And that was, that was kind of the killer. That was like the atomic bomb to any hope of us getting back together. The atomic bomb to my hope of him ever trusting me enough with any information to be a safe place for him to trust me, to be in a relationship with me. But time went on and I felt like it kind of softened again. He softened toward me again. And he decided that he still wanted to come back and co-parent our children, but he was not going to end it with her and he was not going to try to work on things with me. He would be coming back just for the purpose of co-parenting our children. And what he said, you know, until they graduated from high school, which is six, seven years from now. So I'm sitting here thinking, I still feel love from this man. I know I know he wants his family. I know because he's told me he's much more attracted to me physically than her. 
he, it's, he said, you know, when it comes down to who I'd rather be with, it's you. But all of the things that I did that hurt him just stopped him. And he was too afraid that I couldn't change and that the changes wouldn't stick. So for all of these reasons, I actually had a call with Jared. One of our coaches, yeah. You had a coaching session with him, yeah. I'm not sure Jared thought it was the best idea, but I knew in my heart, I just felt like if he came back and we really did commit to doing this for the next six years, he would see that he would fall back in love with me and we'd be, we'd end up together. Cause I knew that his relationship with her wasn't going to last. It was already breaking up and getting back together and breaking up and getting back together. And I know that he doesn't really want to be with her. I know he'd rather be with his family and his heart. But then there are times that I feel like he's completely over it and won't give me another chance. So I'm really, I really feel like I'm just on this shaky ground. Everything's tenuous. I don't know what's really going to happen. I don't know if he'll actually end up back here or not. But I'm praying not for him to come back, not for reconciliation. I'm praying that God takes the outcome and takes the worry about that outcome away from me. I'm praying that I'm able to give it to him and let him do what's right and that I can have peace and find happiness in my life with or without my husband. I have a pretty solid program that I'm working to heal myself from my childhood trauma. I've been doing therapy, EMDR. I joined a a program specifically to help people like me. And I've been getting a lot of healing. And I know that I will become the woman that I am supposed to be, that, that God intended me to be without having all of the coping skills from the trauma of my childhood getting in the way. And so that's where you are. You're just in the, the interim period. You don't know which way you're going, which must be so hard on a day-to-day basis. Um, I just want to go back to, let's go back to, to when you just were finding out or when you, when your husband just said that that was it and the marriage was over. And so you found Marriage Helper. What were what was the some of the first things that you did when you found Marriage Helper with us? When I found Marriage Helper, I immediately dove right in. I bought the Save My Marriage course. I went through it. I went through it probably within two days and then continued to go back through it over the next two weeks. And then I went back through it over the next two months. I listened to every podcast I could. I would, I would fall asleep listening to them. I would 
wake up and listen to them. I bought Dr. Beam's book, The Art of Falling in Love. I read that cover to cover on a flight. (laughs) What were some of the things that you got out of all of that? You know, you were in this point of crisis, your husband wanted out. What did you find out of the Save My Marriage and the other courses? The most important thing I think that I found out of the Save My Marriage course and out of Marriage Helper is your only competition is your old self. And to work on those pies and to give up the outcome, to just be strong and calm and gentle. The smart contact is huge, huge. And then, and then you also, so you mentioned that at some point you went to the couples workshop with your husband. So how did that happen? How did you get him to agree to come to that? And I had asked my husband early on to go to the workshop and it was a no. I asked him another time when things were good. He said, I'll think about it. Finally, at some point I asked him um, and he said, send me the dates. Okay, I'll go. So I sent him the dates and he realized that it was three very long days. And he said, I never agreed to this. And he started backing out. So I made a compromise. I said, of course, I want you to go because I want to save our marriage. But this will also help us co-parenting our children. And what I will commit to you is that regardless of the outcome of this workshop, I will accept reality, whatever it is. And if that means that this woman is going to be in your future, I will work very hard to accept that and to accept her. It will take time. But I, but I will do that. And so he agreed to go. Now, since then, he's thrown that back in my face several times. I said, you, you're not agreeing to what you said. I said, it will take time. I'm not just going to be like, hey, let's have a party together. So he was convinced enough to come with you. But let's say he came reluctantly. He wasn't. His intention when he arrived at that workshop was not to save the marriage. And I would say that that's very common in our couples workshop. We have a ton of people's spouses who come because they agreed to it in the divorce papers almost that their spouse had agreed to it. Um, a whole you know, group of people who are reluctantly there. Um, so I think what we hear from a lot of people is, well, what's the point then? You know, if your spouse doesn't want to be there, what are they going to get out of it? So what do you think? What do you think he got out of it? The first day of the workshop, we did it together. And he took a lot of notes and we talked during the breaks and I thought it went really well. And at the end of the day, he said, we need to do this from separate places tomorrow. I'll join the Zoom from my house. You join from your house. I can't process all this stuff together. So that told me he was processing some of what he was hearing. Um, we didn't do all the homework. Um, 
but he participated in the breakouts. On the last day of the workshop, when they asked what his what all of our final takeaways were, he said, I think what I've learned the most is that I'm never going to be able to find the forgiveness that I need for my wife on my own. So I was really hopeful that he would then seek therapy or counseling. So he had some revelation about himself from that. He also, he has said several times, Limerence always ends, right? Limerence always ends. I don't know if he's being sarcastic or if he really, like, whenever he would talk about trouble in their relationship, he's like, limerence always ends. I mean, one of the things that you just said there is he had a revelation that maybe he's in limerence with his um, affair partner. Do you think that was helpful for him to, to learn about? I think it was helpful for him to learn about limerence. I think he recognized some of what had been going on with them because afterwards, a couple of times he said to me, well, limerence always ends, right? And it it ended up, I felt like he was saying it in a way for me to have hope. Like I feel like he wants me to have hope, but then he tears it away. I think it's just his vacillation. Yeah, he doesn't. It sounds like he doesn't know what he wants right now. Yeah. So, how are you able to to keep keep going with all that vacillation happening? And you've obviously got kids that you're taking care of. How are you keeping it together on a day to day basis? Not very well. <laughs> Not very well. I actually I lost a job of twenty two years because I haven't been able to keep it together very well. Um, But that job wasn't. So I started realizing as I've been getting healthier that my job that I'd been in for 22 years was really an unhealthy place to be. And I'd known that, but it really started getting to me. Um, Just, with everything else going on in my life, with all of the turmoil and the heartbreak with my husband, with having to raise three special needs kids on my own and maintain a household, which I'd always had help with, I realized that I just couldn't align my life with the, the needs and demands of my work. Um, it was the type of job where I had to be available to jump 24 seven and dive in and not just do something mindless, but really to be able to think and concentrate on a problem and solve it. Um, so in the end, my boss and I had a very long talk and I have ended up leaving my job of 22 years. And I'm now currently seeking something that will allow me to have more life balance. So strong, Shell. To go through everything you go through, be a mom of your three children and and find a new job in the middle of it all. Um, so just as we wrap up here, 
if you could speak to somebody who's who's in a similar position to you and maybe feeling a bit hopeless about their marriage, what would you say to them? It's really hard to let go of the picture that you had. And the only relief from the pain has been to let go and realize that that might only be part of the picture. And that maybe the picture that is planned for you is so much bigger and more beautiful than than what you'd been holding on to. I think that's that's a beautiful picture. And I think that's something that a lot of people feel when their marriage starts to break up. It's like all those dreams and plans that you had for your marriage are now taken away. But like you say, that doesn't mean that there's no hope for you. That doesn't mean that there's no hope for a, a different picture and a different view different plans that can also be beautiful and real um well thank you shell for your time thank you for sharing some of your story with us it's been a real pleasure to get to know you a bit here um and i wish you all the very best thank you so much thank you for joining us for this week's episode of relationship radio Please refer to the notes in the description to learn more about any resources mentioned in this episode. Please visit our website at marriagehelper.com for more information about our online courses, marriage workshops, and coaching. We exist to help save marriages and strengthen families. We look forward to interacting with you on the next episode of Relationship Radio.